Welcome to Finest Work Songs. I don't like that one. I'm going to do it again. Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. That one felt good. Yeah. That one felt right. It felt too sleepy. Yeah. The we first one felt too sleepy. Yeah. I don't want people to know it's like five in the morning because you got to finish this up so you can do your paper out. Did you ever have a paper out, Matt? I never had a paper out. I was never Did they have the dedicated. daily paper in Dunn? We did. We had an afternoon paper in Dunn. For real? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was kidding, but you yeah. just had one. No, I mean, I think at one point there were probably at least six daily newspapers. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. You know, a town yeah. like that. Daily Mule. Up until very recently, the uh, Dunn newspaper was infamous for being the example that the UNC School of Journalism would use as how not to do a daily. You're kidding. Uh, no, no, for real. Like, they still had this publisher who was the publisher for a thousand years who would do a daily column about things going on in town. Oh, boy. Here's a real-life example. So when I was in seventh grade, our family took a cruise. While we were gone, in his little notes column, he wrote that we were currently on a cruise. You know, it's kind of like, hey, you know, the house is empty. Take it. But then, but the best part is he would, he would refer to things as like, the family of Mr. Harold Lell and his lovely wife, Mrs. Harold Lell. Wow. Dot, 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 dot. It was a very old-school kind of newspaper yeah to its credit has had the distinction of the largest percentage of household you know, viewership of any subscriptions newspaper in the state. subscriptions or like you know something like 99 percent of the people Everyone in the, in that the region could read re- you know could read it we're reading it or we're <laughs> yeah, seeing technically it. yeah quotes. we're reading it sorry <laughs> that came out wrong um, so but yeah so do they include donkeys and mules in that no nah, that, that was that was the benson newspaper okay in the, the next town over i wonder if they had the monthly mule Monthly and mule, Benson, like the mule reader, all the news. We didn't go to Benson no. Mule Days, which also, if you're new to the podcast, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're probably like, like why? why do they keep talking about mules? <laughs> the one Matt's obsessed with them. I'm not. I'm obsessed with Benson Mule Days yeah. because in our very first epipod, <laughs> Matt Lael told me we were talking about prom or something, mm-hmm. getting a date for prom. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you said, well, could have gotten a date for Mule Days. That, and that piqued your interest. Yeah. You're like, wait, what? What's the thing? <laughs> so anyway, we've wanted to go. Yeah. Coronavirus yeah. has kept us from going the past two years. Yeah. When you know, historians look back mm-hmm. at the horrors of coronavirus, they're going to be like, Matt couldn't go to Mule Days for two years. Yeah. that's Well, that would be in the Dunn newspaper. That's <laughs> news for the Dunn newspaper. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> when you were in college, if you like got an award or something, would you send it back to the paper and just hoping he'd put it in there? The paper probably would have. I mean, that is the other flip side positive thing about a paper like that. When we got married, for instance, you know, we bought like a announcement in the like the Raleigh paper, and it was two hundred bucks for postage size photo and a little like mm-hmm. basically two sentences. The Dunn paper headline, slow baby. news day, you know, page three, <laughs> half page spread. Yeah, every distant cousin I could fit in there who you know he is related to such and such and such. I mean, the recipe for the hors d'oeuvres. I mean, it was, in there. it was all in there. Let them know about finest work songs. I really should. Son of Dunn <laughs> makes it big. Oh, yeah. In the big city. Capital city. Little pig in the big city. <laughs> Speaking of news and headlines, you know, we, we get so much email, real email that comes to our Gmail account, finestworksongs at gmail.com. So yeah, the listeners questions. Commentary, uh, recipes occasionally. Mm-hmm, you know, we, mm-hmm. get, we get all sorts of things. And we like to uh, share a little bit of the, the email we get in a little segment we call Kenny Gmail. This Kenny Gmail comes from Fashion Styles. Oh, wow. I wonder yeah. if that's related to Harry Styles. Because he was just here. 
the other night. Oh, I bet, I bet he's trying is. to disguise. Oh yeah, we, we see know. through it. We know. Yeah, or it's his cousin who's it's trying cousin. to make it big. <laughs> Fashion. Fashion styles writes. Sorry, this is in re- in response to our Smiths Strange Ways Here We Come Epipod. Mm, not yeah. my favorite band, uh, yeah. but you know, I'm curious to see what the listener has to say about It'll it. Be pretty, I, I think you'll recognize the connection. Okay. Right away. okay. Okay. Today I went to the beach with my kids. I found a seashell and gave it to my four year old daughter and said, You can hear the ocean if you put this to your ear. She placed the shell to her ear and screamed there was a hermit crab inside and it pinched her ear. She never wants to go back. LOL. I know this is entirely off topic, but I had to tell someone. I wonder what what it was about the Smiths that made well, this guy tell that. I mean story. Morrissey. I mean he's got a lot of he sings about a lot of pain. Interestingly, that describes the experience <laughs> that I had when I first listened to the Smiths. It felt like a hermit crab biting my ear when I expected to hear beautiful, soulful sounds like the ocean. Yeah. yeah. Does uh fashion does fashion have a website or anything? I fashionstyles.com. Let's look that up. Yeah, I want to support the business of yeah. Harry's cousin. In fact, is that like an apple? product eye fashion maybe we're getting in ground level on something new Ooh. also i like that the less flashy cousin would be called fashion <laughs> and right. the pop star is harry harry okay oh yeah here it is there's a lot of pop-ups on this side oh. fashion if you're listening i'm having a hard time getting through to what you're trying to tell me <laughs> a lot of noise on your site yeah all right lots of pop-ups i can't get them to stop <laughs> i think i'm just gonna shut my phone down there we go <laughs> Thanks, Fashion Styles, for sending that in. And thanks to everyone who sends in emails to finestworksongs at gmail.com and keep them coming. Okay, we actually do talk music on this podcast, and we're about to get into it. But before we do, we want to welcome our guest. So Matt and Finest Work fans, if you would, welcome Calvin Hazel. Hello, hello. How's it going? Good. Thanks for being here, Calvin. Not a problem. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> the foodies. B- b- big fan of the album. He All the above. Podcast. He's like... <laughs> Big fan. Long time listener. Long time listener, maybe. Maybe. Calvin, what album are you here to review with us? Here to review the score by the Fugees. Calvin is someone whose friendship and also musical tastes, I appreciate, love talking music with him. And actually, it was kind of two things. Calvin, you put on Instagram something about the score. Oh, yeah. It was um, their 25th anniversary, I mm-hmm. believe. Oh, album. yeah. One of those things that all of a sudden makes me feel really old. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was four. Oh, great. Now I really feel context, old. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is one of my favorite hobbies to do that with Matt. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, but when I saw that, I thought, oh my gosh, the score. And I've been wanting to have Calvin on, and it just sort of clicked. Oh, yeah. Calvin, what is your memory of Fuji's The Score? Killing Me Softly was probably one of the first music videos like I remember watching. Mm-hmm. Just everything about the visuals from it, the fact that it was people in a movie theater watching a movie about this crime drama towards the very end there's like this epic food fight that breaks out and all the craziness with that so was it just like a part of music in your house or did you get the album oh no i mean what was actually really funny was having an older sibling helped me sort of broaden my taste in music during that time because i mean obviously Mm -hmm. what four-year-old would be listening to hip-hop like that (laughs) 
Um, shout out to you, Gracie. It was one of those things like we could listen to it, but we weren't allowed to per se like have it in the house. Yeah. Like, we had to like sort of sneak it. Growing up in a pretty legit Baptist household, so mm-hmm. they weren't there for the Fujis. Which <laughs> made me sort of like later on in life sort of relate to Wyclef. Like you know, yeah. In the son of a, mm-hmm. son of a pastor, I was like, I can relate. Wyclef John, I can relate. Yeah. My dad liked a lot of soul. He grew up on Motown R and B, so I do feel like he liked certain aspects of their music. Yeah. He wasn't like the biggest I mean, by the time hip hop was coming around, it was probably like his first genre that he was like, eh over. But um I think I could get away with like a killing me softly. I don't know about like, you know, some of the other tracks. But um <laughs> Yeah. That was like probably the easiest one I could play out loud, you know, yeah. doing whatever at the house. Especially parents would recognize the original. bridge was your sister were you exposed to it through her watching mtv was it her yeah. playing it okay. um a little bit of both actually okay. i would definitely say i got that exposure from her from like some of my older cousins kind mm-hmm. of deal there was just a gravitation to um a lot of the songs in this album over the years and i would easily say this second favorite hip-hop album of all time for me Ooh, okay. what's first oh the little end theory i mean yeah nice and shout out to older sisters. All of us have older sisters mm-hmm. that we've talked about yeah. have had an influence. Yeah. My older brother as well. But my older sisters were there in the house. So that's what they are closing their door and not letting me in there the room to listen to is <laughs> what I wanted to hear. Pretty much. <laughs> you got your ear to the door. Yeah. You know, Hanging there, little brothers. That's right. It doesn't get better, but <laughs> you'll get older. Yeah, at least you hear cold music. Yeah. This yeah. is true. Matt, what about you? What is your memory of the score? The year after it came out, me and some friends from college did a spring break trip to the Bahamas. I had already graduated, which is kind of awkward being like, hey, it's not really spring break, but I'm going anyway. (laughs) Yeah, because I never did like a spring break trip in college, but finally had a chance to go. So about eight of us went to the Bahamas. None of us had any game, which was fine. And I was already in a relationship anyway, so it was fine. But I just remember every night we'd go out and four or five songs from this album were being played oh, yeah. as we went out every night. My memory of it, of the Fugees and of this album, are distinctly tied to that time in my life. Were these one of those Bahamas spring break places where there's people from all the schools flooding in? Yeah. Wait, were you there? <laughs> I might have been. I did go with a group of dudes in like 99? Maybe it was 98. He could have still been there, you know, on island time, yeah. That's right. That's true, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. It was the worst, man. They served just the watered-down oh, yeah. Bahama Mamas. Yeah. And everybody's there just like, just pounding drinks and trying to hook up. And we were like, not as into that. So we, every night, like 12 dudes would do a conga line around the place. Nice. But everybody else who's trying to like find someone. (laughs) Y'all are just making it awkward for everybody. Yeah, they were so annoyed. So one of my roommates, he was in a really committed relationship. He brought like a framed picture of his girlfriend with him. (laughs) Which he, he called so much crap for that. What about you, Matt? What's your memory of this album and the Fugees? Matt, it was around this time that I worked on an oil rig oh. out in the middle of the ocean, and we were a tight crew. We were the best in the world. We got a call one day because there was an asteroid that was headed <gasps> towards Earth. And Jeez. <laughs> this asteroid was the size of Texas. Yikes. If it hit the Earth, it would destroy all plant life, and it's the end of the world, right? It's, it's the, I don't remember the term for that. It's the end of the world. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, 
<laughs> anyway, so they needed the world's best drilling team. That's yep. us. Drill team six. <laughs> drill team six to go up there. And we were going to drill down into the middle, drop a nuclear bomb down sure. in there, get off the asteroid. The asteroid blows up and it doesn't reach Earth. Oh, and we're going to save the world, right? Yep. We go with the astronauts up there. And we have different teams. I'm on the team with the head on show. And of course, everything goes wrong with every single team. And we knew that we might not make it back. But for our country, really for yeah. the world, yeah. for humankind. Not for the $5 million. No, no, no. It nothing nah. to do with the money. Nah. Yeah, You would have done it for free. <laughs> <laughs> so we make it up there, and we're drilling. President calls, and, and I'm in on the call, and he's talking to our, our head honcho. And, you know, he's like, have you gotten into the core? And my head guy's like, what? He's like, have you gotten into the core? And he's like, I haven't had time to listen to that new Fuji's album. <laughs> <laughs> that you told me about. Once I get, you know, this bomb thing done, yeah. then I'll get to it. President's like, no, the core, the core. And he's like, oh, I thought you said the score. Oh, yeah, bad connection. Yeah, sure. yeah, I mean, space. Yeah. And that's how I first heard about the score and got into this album. And that president, he had like a good sixth sense about the success the Fuji's were going to have. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I think I've used the sixth sense already. Darn you, Bruce Willis. <laughs> Let's get into some actual music here. We're going to start with track three. Ready or not. Ready or not. Uh, Here I come. Uh, you can't hide. Gonna find you and make you yeah. want me. Now that I escape, sleep, walk away. Yeah. Those who correlate know the world they kick. Jail bars ain't golden gates. Those who fake, they break. When they meet their 400 pound mate, if I could rule the world, everyone would have a gun in the ghetto, of course. When get the up and on their horse, kick around, drinking moonshine. I pour a sip on the concrete for the deceased, but no, don't weep. Why Clef's in a state of sleep, thinking about the robbery that I did last week. Money in the bag, banker look like a drag. I wanna play with Pelicans from here to Baghdad. Gun blast, think fast, I think I'm hit. My girl pinched my hips to see if I still exist. I think not, I'll send a letter to my friends. A born again hooligan, only to be king again. Ready or not, here I come, you can't hide. Gonna find you and take it slowly. Ready or not, here I come, you can't hide. Gonna find you and make yo, you yo, want yo. I play my enemies like a game of chess where I rest. No stress, stress. if you don't smoke cess. Less, I must confess, my destiny's manifest. There's some cortex and sweats. I make tracks like I'm homeless. Rap orgies with Borgie and best. Capture your bounty like Elliot Ness. Yes, bless you if you represent the fool. But I hex you with some witch's brew if you do do. Voodoo, I could do what you do. Easy. Believe me, frontin' niggas give me heebie-jeebie. So why you imitating Al Capone? I be needing Simone and defecating on your microphone. Ready or not. I feel like the first thing we have to talk about is Lauren Hill. You think? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I love her voice layered mm -hmm. and yeah. then her even rapping on top of that it's unlike anyone else you've got this group that's got a female singer or rapper who's not just kind of in the background adding harmonies and but like a key lee key member of this group and you had female rap groups of all females and you might have someone kind of part of like a syndicate, so to speak. But and you had female solo rappers. Right. But no one, but no one like almost the focal point of a group like that. Mm -hmm. Like Sister Soldier was like kind of yeah. in, the, in Rage, the universe yeah. of those groups and whatnot. But. Yeah. She has sang and she has rapped. Pros has not even been heard from yet. Yeah. If we're still going on that Lauren Hill vibe, I mean, the fact that 
she was credited for her vocal and her writing and her just her MC abilities and she wasn't sexualized. That's the thing with Lauren Hill. Like she's been celebrated for her artistry. It wasn't that she did, you know, anything wild, crazy, glamorous to like overly sexualize mm-hmm. herself, but she could just focus on the music. I think only other person I could think of off the top of my head that was as mainstream but had like a similar lane like hers would probably be Missy Elliott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These were two MCs who they could get on a feature and go toe to toe if not mess up their male counterparts on their verses. Like they knew their assignment. They were paving the way, especially yeah. oh, Missy definitely. as a solo act. Yeah, or, you probably don't have the success of, of Lizzo if you don't have Missy Elliott and Lauren Missy Hill. Lauren Hill. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure Rhapsody was listening to Oh, absolutely. All of this growing up. And it's funny you actually brought up Rhapsody because you could definitely see a lot of parallels in the themes that Rhapsody and Lauren rap on. I think that would be probably one of the most dopest features if Lauren Hill and Rhapsody were to ever get on a track. That'd be cool. That would be crazy. And like you said, Calvin, her artistry, her writing, incredibly fierce. The line, I think, that captures Lauren Hill well. She says, so while you imitate an Al Capone, mm-hmm. I'll be Nina Simone and defecating on your microphone. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh, yeah. And then it goes into the chorus. Yeah. She's going to take a crap on your mic yeah. while you're pretending to be tough. Yep. And she says, and I'll be Nina Simone. And she could back that up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In that small bar there like she outright like backhanded all of what was popular at that time Mm -hmm. i mean i'm thinking that's probably still some east coast west coast oh yeah backlash i mean if we're talking biggie tupac i Mm -hmm. mean what was popular and i think for me this is why this album was so special it drew me in because it was hinted at but it wasn't a gangster rap album right and i feel like about 30% 30% of like gangster rap songs at that time would somehow reference Elliot Ness or Al Capone. There was always like this undercurrent of like, we're going to pay tribute to those guys and, and the original gangsters. The original yeah. gang, and for her to like, not me. Like you said, it's the same material. It's really fierce and it's coming after you. What makes them so cool is that they're not yelling at you and threatening you. Yeah. Like a lot of those groups, Wu Tang Clan, Fushnickets, all these groups, there's a bravado with them. And it's three people. And they're kind of just dancing around stage. It's really upbeat. Mm -hmm. It's almost like what made Rakim first stand out to people is that he didn't yell. He would talk and he would talk at a very low volume. Mm -hmm. And and it was like menacing. Like it's the person that you're scared of, not because they're making a big show, but it's like a horror movie where the quiet one is who you're scared of. It's like, yeah, Yeah. I was just about to say (laughs) it's the quiet kids. You know, they say in school that you gotta, you gotta be careful of. Yeah. And this is even like, this is the most popular girl in school. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> who is threatening you and you're like, wait, what? Exactly. And then the music too, very simple, mm-hmm. very smooth, almost lulls you yeah. a little bit. It's got that Inya track yeah. that's going from right to left in your headphones throughout. And then she's singing and it's beautiful. But it's fierce. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost strong. like a siren, you know, the mm-hmm. mythological. Yeah. yeah. Like they're singing you, trying to lull you. And next thing you know, you're six feet under. That's it. <laughs> hanging out with David Jones. <laughs> that's it. That's perfect. That's perfect. This is Barack Obama's favorite song. That's all that. Really? Yeah. Of all time. I'm not surprised. He strikes me as a Fuji's guy. Fuji's guy, but like even in with Ready or Not, like he also gives me that vibe of just very chill, very even tempered, yeah. but don't try me. Yes, he loves it. That's that. a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that it almost didn't get made because the because India, the copyright? Yeah. Oh. So they have to clear copyrights and there's a whole process of that, getting permission, and they didn't clear this within you. 
So at first she said no and literally said, I don't want something negative like gangster rap yeah. with my music in it, but this is okay. Right. It was very close to the album being mass produced. And so there's a wow. chance that Ready or Not would not have been on the score. Wow. Oof. Did they pay her in rain sticks or something? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that suitcase full of crystals. She's like, ooh. Yeah. They actually had to put a sticker on. It was that late in the game. But mm. they had to put a sticker oh, wow. thanking her and giving her credit. Nothing screams gangster rap like thanking Inya on your right. album cover. <laughs> but also it's funny because you get the Fuji CD and you and you open it and there's a sticker that's just like, thanks to Inya, on it, you know? And you're probably thinking like, is, are they bragging? Like, is that like, a, is that supposed to attract me to this album? Inya's on it? All right, next track, Zealots. One, two. I'm about to set this off like this. Hip-hoppers checking. Another MC loses life tonight, Lord. I beg that you pray to Jesus Christ. Why? Oh, Lord, Father, don't let him bury me. Whoa. I haunt MCs like Mephistopheles, bringing swords to Damocles. Secret service keep a close watch as if my name was Kennedy. Abstract rap simple with the street format Gaze into the sky and measure planets by parallax Check out the retrograde motion Kill the notion of biting and recycling And calling it your own creation Feel like rock while somebody's watching me I got no privacy whether on land or at sea And for your biting zealots Your rap's a cacophonic If a prick predict but deep inside you wish you had the pop hit It hurts, don't it? A refugee come to your turf Take over the earth. Yeah. See, my rhymes are the type of fly rhymes that can only get down with my crew. And if you try to take lines or buy rhymes, <laughs> we'll show you how the refugees do. Yeah. Yeah. Behold. I feel like this would be perfect for yeah. like the opening of a Jordan Pill movie. But now, since we're talking about, like, haunting, Wyclef's verse on this is ridiculous because in the way, like, he's talking about Mephistopheles, you know, sort of, like, mm-hmm. all these, like, mythological, like, things he'll use to, like, take you out. Yeah. It's not like, okay, I got my AK, I got my chopper, yeah. I got my Uzi, that's nice, I got one of the lords of hell on my side. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just, like, how do you respond to that if you're trying to battle him? That's your nightmare, right? Getting dropped to a rap battle. Oh, yeah. It's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) And then he comes in with a Mephistopheles reference off the bat. You're just like, I'm done. I'm rapping parents just don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about their samples. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these songs are from, what, 50s? 50s, 60s. Early 60s. Yeah, this this, um, sort of uh, doo-wop quartet era. mm -hmm. Which I never thought that when I've heard this song. Mm -hmm. But there's a haunting quality to that piano in the background mm-hmm. even the course like how they just sort of pop which nobody ever thought but then when you put the beat and them rapping about Mistopheles over it Wyclef referred to himself as like the Haitian Dr. Dre of the group I feel um, that's very accurate. He talked about his role kind of being like the Raekwon role, the mm-hmm. the one who has the musical vision and is pulling things in that no one else can see. 
And I think that makes sense, especially with this one. So while you human, I'm consuming mango juice under Polaris. You just embarrassed, cause this your last tango in Paris. And even after all my logic and my theory, I add a because so you ignorant hear me. Can we talk about that line? Yeah. <laughs> she's just destroying people. And then she's even saying, like, after I've proved it with all my logic and all my theory, how I'm better than you and how you're trash, then I'm going to add that mf mm -hmm. you yeah. don't even know what we're saying so i'm gonna add this so you know that it's at you yeah i don't know how you come back from that <laughs> those are the lines that cause this beautiful genre of music to be taught and like dissect it at such a high level of school mm -hmm. a few years back the university of south carolina i believe in particular had a class on um, i think it was like little kim or something like that but hmm. We're beginning to see more and more that there are classes that yeah. are being done to dissect, not just at the basic collegiate level. These are masters, mm -hmm. PhD students, mm -hmm. and literature who are breaking these lyrics down and praising the com complexity of it. It's mind-blowing. It's like this album pulling samples from the 50s and 60s, probably the music they grew up hearing their parents play. They have oh, an appreciation yeah. for it. People your age, Calvin, who grew up listening to the Fugees and, and other things, it's part of your DNA. It's part of who you are. And so you're going to want to know more about it. You're going to want to dissect it and, and get to the heart of why it matters and, mm -hmm. and what it's saying. And it, you look at like a lot of the great novels that have been written. They weren't appreciated in their time. I mean, oh, it's, no. it's, mm -hmm. it's 20, 30, 40, 50 years later that you start to dissect it. I mean, t from a timeline cadence standpoint, it makes sense that there's broader acceptance of the content and the messaging and, and what's at the heart of music like this. And so it makes a lot of sense that we're starting to see that when you see hip hop artists being invited as adjunct professors and teachers oh, yeah. at, at colleges now, this wouldn't have happened 25 years ago. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving. Zealots was not a single, but the next track, Fuji La, was. We used to be number 10. Now we permanently one in the battle, lost my finger. Mike became my arm, pistol nozzle, it's nasal. Blood becomes lukewarm, sell up. Come on, be easy now, squeeze this summer. Test why cleft, see that flesh gets gone. So bad, make you feel like you ain't wanting to be born, John. Tell your friends, stay that hell out of my lord. Chicken George became dead, George stealing chicken from my phone. The dead pigeon. If you're my theosis, then I'm bringing all hate to Cecilia. Nobody shoot me. My body made a hand grenade. Girl bled to death while she was tongue kissing the razor blade. That sounds sick. Maybe one day I'll ride the horror. Black killer comes to the ghetto. Jackson Acura. Stevie Wonder sees crack babies. Becoming enemies in their own families. I'm getting come in the world. We soon done. Gun by my side just in case I got the rum. A boy on the side of Babylon trying to front like you're down with Mount Zion. example of them just asserting their lyrical dominance yeah mm -hmm. you have to come correctly if you're gonna try to come against us because we will lyrically eviscerate you <laughs> and you won't even know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah yeah so we haven't talked about pros yet but he's got some great lines in here one of my favorite is lyrics fast like ramadan Yes. That's good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. From Hawaii to Hawthorne, I 
run marathons like Ushuatan, I'm a true champion like Farrakhan reaches Delhi Quran It's a phenomenon, lyric facts like Ramadan They're so confident that it might have been already or not where Wyclef says they're just jealous because they don't have a pop hit. You don't yet, yeah. but you know you're going to you're with this album. To, yeah. right. They also sample themselves on their own album. They'll yes. sample one song in another song. To my knowledge, no one's ever done that on the same album before this. Right. This is their sophomore album. Mm-hmm. Their album before that was not a hit. That didn't Mm-mm. do well. They were almost dropped. No. No. Yeah. They were kind of saved by producer Salam Remy, who had taken their song Nappy Heads and did a remix. And that's what got them on the Billboard chart. They were on Rough House Records, mm-hmm. who had made money with Cypress Hill. And mm-hmm. crisscross, lots oh. of money there. Yeah. Yep. The record producers are saying, we believed in it. They invested in it. They gave them $135,000. full artistic control. Yep. Pull, yeah. And so they did this brilliant thing of building a studio in a basement. Yep. Apparently, Wyclef lived there. So he's waking up in the middle of the night, getting up in the morning, just living Living this. music. Yeah. Breathing music. And they had a lot of people coming in, different producers, different people. But really, the music is down to Wyclef and Lauren. Mm-hmm. And even Praz was like, getting out of the way. Mm-hmm. That's why he's... Never the featured rapper. Yeah. You know, like you said, Calvin, he's underrated. I agree. Had Wyclef not blown up to be one of the most celebrated producers, I think we would be hearing more about Proz. You think? And it's not a slight to Proz. He had hits. Mm -hmm. I still remember Ghetto Superstar. That's one thing, you know, I love now when they went into their solo acts. You saw them playing multiple instruments. Yeah. I mean, you see Wyclef on acoustic and bass mm-hmm. and electric. You saw Lauren on acoustic. For me as a black person back then, outside of Lenny Kravitz, like that was a huge thing. You know, when mm-hmm. you would see a black person playing guitar because outside of black people not knowing their history, like you didn't associate the guitar. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix people. and then you know, like Jim, like Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was more, but... There like, were more. So but much before more. Jimi Hendrix. I mean, if we really want to be honest, I mean, the first person who was known for doing a guitar so- solo, Sister Rosetta Thorpe, playing that Gibson SG. Yes. concerts of them like it was just so huge and seeing them play something that wasn't a drum Proz sometimes gets overlooked because you're standing in the shadow of Wyclef and Lauren but also Wyclef has been insistent that there would be no Fugees without Proz both from getting them together I think he was the one that even suggested they do this next song strumming my pain with his fingers singing my life with his words Killing me softly with his song Killing me softly with his song Telling my whole life with his words Killing me softly with his song Yeah, yeah. this is why Clef Refugee. Uh, 
Talk about a song to kind of bring in your parents or you yeah. know an older generation and say we love and respect that, but we're also giving it an updated of the times feel. That's a great way to put it, Matt, because Lauren in the first minute and a half, it's just her in a drum machine. And you could take that and put that back in time and it fits. Mm-hmm. I mean, her voice is timeless, yeah. but then it comes in with the bass and Wyclef one time, you know, <laughs> yeah. it is like a bridge. Mm-hmm. You could sit someone down and say, listen to this. They're an older person and they would love the beginning. And then you're like, stay with it. Oh yeah. No, I agree. This song was number one in 20 countries. Wow. You know where it wasn't number one? Canada. Oh, Canada. It only got to number six. But listen, <laughs> give Canada a chance because this was the number one song of the time. First thing we climb tree and made it then we talk or sit silently and listen to our thoughts. Maybe Canada got it right. We all got it wrong, right? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Who is that? What's wrong with you, Canada? The Tragically Hip. Oh, well, which of is a Canadian, Canadian band. band. Number one, Tragically Hip. Number two, Bare Naked Ladies. Number three, Lover Boy. Brian Adams number was in the top five. five. Number six, yeah. Rush. Definitely. <laughs> I do find it really funny, though, that you brought that up with Canada because when I think of Lauren Hill, Canada, I obviously have to think of Drake because of Nice for What? That sample that he did. It was such an iconic sample that Lauren Hill took Drake's sample, remixed it, and like it was one live show, a clip of a live show, like she was freestyling. And her freestyle sounded better than Drake's song, <laughs> which he sampled from her. Like, oh my gosh. I mean, obviously she would go on to her own greatness yeah. as a solo artist, and that album's equally, if not bigger than this one. I was kind of torn. I wanted mm. to do Miseducation, but then, I don't know, Fuji's are touring, Calvin mentioned it. Maybe we'll come back and do Miseducation because sure. it's worth it, but we had to do this album. <laughs> oh, definitely. So again, Killing Me Softly, the remake, it was the second most popular song of the year in Australia. Crikey. Year 1996. What's the one single that would take down anything in its path? Matt, think back to the Bahamas. 1996. I don't know. Crazy by Aerosmith? I don't know. Bahamas. They're giving out cheap drinks, and they're not playing Crazy by Aerosmith. <laughs> they're playing this. Hey! 
Oh my god. <laughs> Cow has got it. Yeah. See, look at him. Yeah. Australia, that was number one. Oh, Fuji's Australia. number two. Austria, same thing. Macarena? Macarena was number one. That is crazy. <laughs> and the Fuji's were number two. Belgium, Fuji's number two. What was number one? Macarena? No, this. <laughs> You've heard this, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that Bocelli? Yeah. It was huge. Yeah. He really was like the Italian Macarena. <laughs> he was the Italian yeah. Macarena. <laughs> yeah. It's just so funny when you look around the world, an album like this, 22 million of the score has been sold worldwide, but I love looking at singles like Killing Me Softly is going to be undeniably all across the world. Yeah. But then like in Canada, they're like, that's eh, good. Yeah, but that's it's good. It's not tragically him. Yeah. <laughs> and then in Belgium, they're just like, nothing's going to take down that opera. They almost didn't <laughs> let them make the song because the Fuji's wanted to change the lyrics to make it anti-drugs and anti-poverty. Huh. And the songwriters huh. were like, you're not changing the song, which I'm glad. I don't think that would be what it is. It would be very interesting to be in this like ultra universe where that happened to see what kind of success it may what have had happened. or what would have yeah. happened. You wonder if people just love the original so much that they wouldn't want it messed with. Right. Or if it'd be the type of things like where Phil Collins had that song about homelessness and it yeah. became number one. Another Day in Paradise. Yes. Mm. You just wanted to trash that song. It'd be different if he wrote that song and said, hey, every bit of this is going towards ending homelessness. And, and America's like, hey, your song sucks, but we want to help. <laughs> so we're going to buy it. And it became number one. That'd be like, yeah, great. Good job, people. Yeah. But instead, they're like, I like this song because it makes me feel better about myself because <laughs> I'm listening to a song about ending homelessness, but I'm not doing anything about it. <laughs> right. And Phil Collins is like, thanks for making me even more rich. Yeah. Disc, disc. <laughs> Calvin knows I'm salty. Very true. <laughs> Let's talk about more accolades. This was nominated for Grammy Award for Album of the Year. Not even Best Rap Album. Album of the Year. You want to know what it lost to? The Macarena? <laughs> Safe guess. Okay. But no, it lost to Celine Dion. Uh, Celine Dion. Speaking of Canada. these Canadians again. Mm. Yeah, jeez. Thanks, Canada. Was that the Titanic soundtrack? No, just Falling Into You. It was a normal. Oh. Oh. She's so annoying. They did win Best Rap Album, though. And here's the thing. We've talked about the state of hip-hop mm -hmm. at the time, coming off the heels of the huge gangster rap. This is kind of round two yep. with Biggie and Tupac. The score beat All Eyes on Me by Tupac, mm -hmm. Beats Rhymes and Life by mm -hmm. Tribe, mm -hmm. which that's okay. It's yeah. not their best, but still, it beat Gangsta's Paradise by mm. Coolio. Oh, so wow. even if it's like, oh, that's not the best, you would think that the yeah. Academy would put Gangsta's Paradise up there. Right. Now, again, we've talked about the Grammys are a joke, yeah. Yeah. but still, just being recognized above all eyes on me mm -hmm. is, for me, that's a huge deal. That's huge. Many accolades. We could go on and on. We're going to have to skip No Woman, No Cry because of time. It's good. And oh, definitely. It's time for your senior quote. So your yearbook, or if you're in Dunn, North Carolina, that's right. The Dunn Daily, or whatever it's called. Daily Record, our new new sponsor. Dunn <laughs> Daily Record. <laughs> you get your picture in the yearbook. You get to put a quote next to it, and it represents your high school career, where you're headed. It's it's the wisdom of a high school senior. So, yep. Calvin, in your yearbook, you got to have a yearbook quote from the score. Which one would it be? I would have to say, from Ready or Not, Lauren's Bar, I play my enemies like a game of chess. 
Oh, that's that's strong. I like that. Just letting them know, like, I don't float through life. Just letting Float whatever happened. I try to be methodical. They're gonna look back forty years later and be like, "Dang, man, he's fierce." He knew what he was Calvin doing. knew what he was doing. Matt, what about you? Mine would be from Zealots. For me to get a chance, grab my pen and revamp. Okay. Because you're kind of like you're closing one chapter. Mm-hmm. You're moving on to college or what have you, and it's an opportunity to for a lot of people coming out of high school to kind of reinvent yourself. So, mm-hmm. what about you, Matt? I actually landed on because I've seen fire and I've seen rain. <laughs> oh yeah. And then people oh, yeah. be like James Taylor. I'd be like, no, no, bougies. I'm out. <laughs> and then you even put that in the quote parentheses. I'm not quoting James Taylor. Yes, I'm quoting the exactly. Fugees. <laughs> I'm <Yes>. out. <laughs> Mic drop. Listeners, another thing that we do, we challenge one another. If you had to remove a song, which one would it be? Matt, we'll start with you for this one. Lauren Hill is basically just going to destroy Oof. you in front of everybody. We're going to have a rap battle. I'm going to come out when my, my name is Matt. Yep. And then it's all over. Yeah, yeah. it's all done. <laughs> it's all done. If you don't remove a song off the score, so if you had to, yeah. which one would it be? I would gladly remove a song to not have to face that scenario. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would remove How Many Mics. How many mics do I rip on them? Towards the end, where it's just like mini, 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 like over and over, it gets on my nerves. It's the but opening, it's, man. It's the I know. I understand the purpose of the song and why it's where it is and what it's saying. And that, that's just the one that as you I you just get annoyed. It, by I get annoyed at that. Gotcha. So okay, Calvin, what about you? I'd say family business. Reconciliation came from my enemy friend who said family don't bend. We stay solid to the end. Now who would think that your best friend would be your worst enemy? While I appreciate, yes, they were trying to assert themselves, I feel like family business was just very redundant of, yes, we're lyrically like superior. Hmm. And there was nothing in it makes me want to gravitate to it. But with how many mics, you know, it's like, okay, boom, it's fresh. And I don't know maybe if family business was earlier I would, you know, be yeah. more on board with it, but I just feel like by then you're like, okay, we get it. That's a good point. It has that mafia-leaning family business, and yeah. it talks about mafia stuff, yeah. but yeah, it feels a little bit... I'm it's with a little you more tired that. at that point. And it's not as inspired. I would take off manifest slash outro. They offer them 30 pieces of silver. All he got to do is deliver this savior. Right on Bergen Street from bad luck to good luck. My cup runneth over, pass it down, guzzle up. The time have arrived. I love the idea of ending on No Woman, No Cry. I can see that. Top to bottom, classic album, worldwide famous. Except Still Canada. holds up. Yeah, Canada. Come on. Get your head out of the maple tree. Get your head out of the poutine. <laughs> Definitely holds up. Give it a listen. Fuji's are on tour. The closest they're coming here is DC, but if you're listening in any other place across the country, they're coming to different places, and I think it'd be an amazing show to see. Great that they're back together. There are some clips online of when they played a few weeks ago, and they sound incredible. Any plans for an album, or is it, are they just no. touring? Like I haven't heard. I haven't heard any. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Calvin, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thank you, no, Calvin. This was fun. I've enjoyed talking music with you for years. Oh, yeah. And so it's fun to, to be able to do so on the podcast. Appreciate you being here. Thanks, guys. One more reminder that part of our Listener's Choice episode coming up later this season, we'll be picking an album the listeners have picked. And to participate in that, we want to see your finest work songs fan art post it online tag us at finest work songs and or email it into us finest work songs at gmail.com and let us know what album you would like for us to potentially talk about in our season ending listeners choice of a pod and have more to share about that as we get a little further into the season 
Hope you enjoyed the Fugees. Man, Matt, we didn't even get to talk about the Seth, Seth Galvanakis shit. Oh. oh, man. You know what? Since we didn't have time to talk about it, I'm just going to play you out with that. Yeah, nice. See you next time. I had to pick Zach up from the airport once, and I was like, Zach, do you want to listen to Listen to this new rap group, the Fugees. He's like, yeah, I, was, I didn't think he'd like it. Just he didn't like it either. What did he say to you? What did Zach say to you? He, he loved it. He liked it? Yeah, he loved it. It's the first thing in a long time that he and I have ever like, agreed on. It was a moment that I wish had lasted forever, but it only lasted to the end of the song. He didn't like the other ones. So we only really, the only thing that we've really bonded on so far the last few years is that one Fuji song. I don't even know the name of it. I like all their songs.